Hello everyone and welcome back to Sin here on 90.7 FM. You're listening to Art Smitten and my name is Christina. I'm also joined today by my lovely guest, producer and director Penny Harpham. Penny is the executive director of Western Edge, a not-for-profit arts organisation that works to create safe spaces for young artists in Melbourne's West and give their work a platform. Along with Tariro Mavondo, she co-directed the upcoming theatre film Hybrid Work titled The Retreat. The retreat was brought to life and written and performed by the Sub 30 Collective, who are also the first ensemble of artists to go through the Level Up Professional Development Program at Western Edge. The retreat will premiere this week at 7pm on Friday the 10th of June at Wyndham Cultural Centre over in Werribee, so make sure you check it out. Visit westernedge.org.au slash events for more info and to book your tickets. Thanks so much for joining us today, Penny. Uh, thank you for having me. No worries. Um, so to start off, what is the retreat all about? Oh my gosh, it is quite a wacky show. Um, I'll tell you the I'll tell you kind of what the narrative is about, and then we can unpack it more if you want when we go through the interview. But basically, it's set at a um, like a, the Smoky Mountains, like a kind of mountainside retreat, uh, which is established by the great artist himself, Denzel Stallone. Uh, and Denzel Stallone is like one of the greatest artists in the world, according to him. Uh, he creates his yearly retreats for artists to come and be challenged by him, to be sort of broken down, to be built back up. Uh, and he hosts a week-long kind of creative competition where artists enter and at the end of it, one is chosen to be his protege and join him in moving into the professional arts industry. So our film takes place with five um, emerging or talented aspiring artists, Peaches, Leopard, Shooter, Lex and Anulika, uh, and they all enter the retreat for different reasons, um, but ultimately all hoping to be a professional artist by the end. Amazing. Thank you. And why did you want to be a part of it? How did you and the sub collective, the sub 30 collective come up with this idea? Yeah, it's been such a um, incredible process. Um, we basically started training together in 2020, right? So in February, 2020, we had these grand ideas that we would create uh, the company's first ever professional development program, where we'd work with six of our artists who we'd been working with for years across different um, school and community programs. Uh, these artists were ready basically to be in the industry uh, and we were training twice a week for all of February and the start of March and then of course lockdown happened and we moved our training online. So originally we were going to be working towards a show to put on mid-year but of course things kept shifting and changing. Um, to everyone's credit we all wanted to keep rocking up online on Zoom to these sessions. So it was sort of like the highlight of our very isolated weeks. Um, we still did the fundamentals in voice and movement. We, uh, Tariro and I, um, encouraged them to come up with characters and ideas of what kind of character they'd like to explore. So these six very different characters emerged. Uh, and then once we had these six characters, you know, we were like, well, how do they all meet? Like, who is Denzel Stallone? What is, what is going on? And so we put everyone in different breakout rooms. So maybe one week Peaches and Leopard had to come up with some, some way that they met and et cetera. So scenes kept on emerging as the characters kept meeting each other. Uh, and eventually over a few months, this whole premise of the five of them being artists and Denzel being their guru kind of emerged. And as we moved on through Zoom and started to, 
really start to actually map out all of these amazing scenes. The good thing about Zoom is everything's recorded. So even when we're improvising, we could go back and look at, wasn't there a week where, you know, Leopard and Lex were in a really big argument? What, what was underneath that? And we started to storyboard the whole play essentially um, and created a sort of feature film length play. Um, and underneath it, I suppose, underneath the kind of sort of silly um, premise, I suppose, are really dark undertones and important undertones around power, around who decides if you've got it, um, who decides what talent or creativity or great art or skill um, is, and how do you question that power and authority when you are in a position of powerlessness yourself? Um, what is more important, individual gain, individual success, or collective care, um, community? Um, so really all those questions were, were bubbling underneath and we chose, and I should say the sub-30 chose because it's it's all them. I feel very privileged that I get to be the kind of sculptor of their genius in a way like I can kind of, oh, maybe that scene could go here. Like that's kind of the role. But all of the brilliant humour and um, really satirical and subversive nature of this piece has come from them having something pretty big to say as artists entering into the industry already kind of saying, well, yeah, we might, we might be entering into it, but we see you, we see you, we, we know what kind of goes on here and um, it's going to be on our terms as we, as we enter into this career. Yeah. I love all of those ideas. That's so great. And I think it's so um, interesting how it, it played out over two years in, and that wasn't, the original idea for it and you know it sort of segues into this like that hybrid aspect of the show with the theatre and the film um whereas like if we didn't have lockdowns or anything it probably would not have been a hybrid at all yeah um yeah how how did you go about incorporating those two um formats together how did you decide what you wanted to perform live on stage and what you wanted to show on film yeah, like as I said, we were originally working towards putting it on mid-year and that obviously um, wasn't possible because we were still in the depths of, of lockdown really. So then we thought, okay, we'll put it on at the end of the year. So we kept making it on Zoom as if it was going to be a play. We even engaged um, a whole creative team, all a whole diverse team. Everyone in the team was a person of colour, brilliant artist of colour who worked on the, on the production with us. Um, and they were all working towards a stage show. We were working towards a stage show, you know, set and costume and lighting and everything. And it wasn't until I think around, oh, I reckon like October, when we were just kind of like, look, the, you know, density, even if we do get into a theatre, density limits are going to be so low that not, you know, we won't reach the audiences we want. And also, do we feel safe with bringing community back together um, with COVID being so so rife at that stage and, and there still being no vaccinations out? And, you know, there were lots of questions we were, we were working through. So around that time we decided, okay, we'd all been really inspired by Hamilton <laughs> uh, and seeing Hamilton on Disney Plus and we were like, well, what if we staged it but shot it, you know, and we worked with a film crew to kind of do that. So we were really lucky um, to receive some additional funding from the Helen McPherson Smith Trust, which was awesome, and they really kind of said to us, you know, we believe in this vision and we, this idea is great. We don't want you to, we don't want to be dropped in the waste bin of 2020. Um, so we hired the Mountain Goats, Harry Chanak and the Mountain Goats who were brilliant. And they had, um, yeah, like three cameras around us all the time, including a crane that would shot, had these amazing kind of overhead shots. And we, yeah, it was very different because we're normally theatre makers. So instead of actually running it from start to finish, we had to really look at the schedule to kind of go, well, what scenes 
we'll be able to move with the cameras like back to back instead. Um, worth noting, we only had the venue we were in for three days. So we actually had to bump in and then we shot it in two days because again, it was the end of 2020 and everything was booked up. So we really had to be careful about how we actually even scheduled it to make sure we could get all the shots in at the set, you know, in, in time. Uh, and then there were just elements of it, I suppose, that, that lent itself to kind of being that longer theatrical shot a lot of the ensemble pieces um you'll see in the film they they are filmed almost Hamilton style kind of theater um and we see you know the set behind and at times you see the camera crew or the lighting rigs and I really love that like it's actually showing the process um almost like Birdland a little bit that film and then at other times um there were just there's just moments that were too good not to have close-ups or just kind of too evocative to not kind of really lean into film so in those moments we just um, we just went really close uh, and it became quite cinematic. So we shifted around and in the editing over the last 18 months we've been editing it, there's been, um, you know, only two takes of each scene, so not many takes but lots of angles. So we've really just been trying to look at how do we get that continuity and that flow and move between film and theatre so that the, the hybrid nature of it is really unique and exciting. Yeah, for sure. And you have a, like an upcoming live sort of, theatre aspect to it coming up this Friday as well um how how is that going to add to it as well oh uh, yeah so we're going to be doing it at the Wyndham Cultural Centre our screening and we wanted to do it somewhere we definitely want to do it somewhere in the west um and we've got a few venues in the west that we love performing in and so we thought we really wanted to honour the cultural centre in that way and, and put it on there uh we've got look we're kind of we've got DJs and we've got um it'll be a Q&A to kind of talk about it afterwards um we've got yummy dinner we've got you know there'll be ways to talk about the event and Denzel himself might appear at some stage uh unannounced probably he'll just kind of rock up in his own Denzel Stallone way so yeah we've kind of had a look at how we can at least add our our kind of live event atmosphere that we always have at a live performance rather than just going into a cinema and watching a movie and leaving we wanted to make sure it was um yeah, a community-driven kind of vibe where there was a chance to kind of hear about it um, and also have a dance afterwards and kind of all be together as a as a kind of live event. Yeah, sure. And um, I just want to talk about like a little bit more about the process in directing, um, as you touched on a little bit before within like those two, those two formats sort of, um, as you said, lending itself to be theatre, kind of like theatre, but then also very cinematic at the same time. And I guess as, um, how, how did you go about directing the performers as well and sort of making them comfortable behind the camera if, if they were sort of more used to the live theatre um, aspect of it? Yeah, it's a really good question, actually. Some some of this group are already um, getting into film. So for some of them, they, you know, a couple of them are actually probably more comfortable on film. It was theatre um, that they really wanted to learn as well that year. So that was a really big reason why we didn't just flip to film because part of what we'd kind of agreed would be in the training of the year's program would be theatre. You know, how do you actually... Um, bump in and, and do your tech and sound and all the kind of stuff you do in a, in a theatre show. So there probably was a bit half-half who was most comfortable in film and theatre. Um, so for those who are most comfortable in film, it was really helping them get into their bodies as an ensemble. So to kind of really realise, okay, you're in a theatre space, the shot can be really far back, but you've still got to almost 
play, you got to play to the back, back room, uh, but also be really intimate and intentional with the people around you. So it kind of, kind of get them into that space. And then for those who film was new and that was me too, right? Like as a director, I was like, oh my God, I had to get used to looking through the monitor that, you know, the DOP, the director of photography used to keep, kept saying to me, Penny, stop looking on the stage. This is the shot you need to look at. And I was like, oh my God, this is so weird though. Um, we, I, I don't know, we, we were, after a year, we were so close, right? And I think that's a really, um, there's so much trust built throughout that year. We'd really been through everything together um, throughout the year. We'd been through obviously lockdowns, we'd been through Black Lives Matter, we'd been through, you know, the towers closing and that affecting friends and community members we were with. Like they'd been, it was a really big year um, for the world, of course, but um for us because we were going through it together all of that shared experience just built a really amazing collaboration and a, and a sense of trust so I, I think by the time we actually got to that kind of like oh my god we're here and we've only got two days to do this it was like we had a shorthand you know we were just able to um to get everyone to relax I mean we were stressed because it was it was stressful and scary and fun but also just to trust that actually if what we were saying is coming through in the camera was what was coming through and um if you know if they had to adjust their voices if they're used to talking loudly because of theater we could kind of just coach them in the moment like oh actually what we're seeing is we don't actually need to see that like and so kind of stepping in and out of the scene to kind of almost whisper in their ear hey actually um, I know I know we probably thought it was it was needing this, but actually all it really needs is like a twinkle in your eye. You know, you don't need the hand gestures in this moment. We're getting it all just from you looking across the room. So there was a lot of coaching um, in a really good way. Um, and, you know, with these guys, you only have to give them one note and then they're just like, they're superstars. I mean, these artists are, are just incredible. So um, it was sort of done with a sense of play, a sense of creative bravery and, um, and just kind of hope really like it had just been the thing we'd been holding on to all year so it was sort of like at the last minute we were like let's just let's just try it you know we can only if we fail whatever we'll we'll clap and try again next time the performers and the writers the, the sub 30 collective they had they obviously had like a really huge impact on the story and the performance um I'd really like to know if there was a particular character that started off one way and then throughout the, the um, two years um, ended up completely different. Yeah, I reckon the, that character probably would be Shooter, um, who Russ Samuel Wadabski plays. Um, Russ Samuel tried a whole bunch of things in this character. Um, when I think of sort of Amarachi Okram's character, she plays Anulika. And I know Amarachi, the very beginning of the process, she'd done a lot of very upbeat positive kind of roles in the company before and she really said to us I really want to play someone severe I want to play someone uh like a bit of a badass you know like someone who doesn't take anything from anyone and I was like whoa really that's so not like you but okay so in that sense I feel like when I watch her Anulika I'm just incredibly blown away by how she was able to do that it's an incredible performance um, and, and various others exactly the same in, in different ways I wanted to explore but Russ Samuel I think we we were really throughout the process digging digging it was almost like we didn't quite know what shooter needed to be um and to be honest I don't actually think we realized that till the start of this year when we we filmed an extra scene at the start of this year because we got to the end of the film and we were like it's not something's not sticking and Russ Samuel and I was like I think it's shooter like we and I think part of that was to ruin I kept peeling Russ Samuel back because he's such a beautiful presence um and and actually 
he, he takes uh, unknowingly just kind of takes spotlight quite easily because he's kind of quite like um, present as an actor. So we kept being like, we need a little less, we need a little less, you know, we need to see more of, of other people. And then we kind of got to them. We're like, whoops, we actually stripped you back too much. Oh no. Oh no. So we shot another scene at the start of this year with Shooter and it, I think it's really like, it was until then that I went, Oh, that's who Shooter is. Shooter has a big secret in this, in this um, story. He comes in and he's, He's um, very polite, uh, very courteous, very well-behaved and just kind of watching everyone from the corner of his eye and you're not quite sure what he's sitting on and then sort of right towards the end uh, it's revealed and I don't think I even really knew how powerful that would be until we kind of, yeah, we, we kept until we, until we revisited it earlier in the year and and all credit to Ras Samuel for that because he really played the long game even with his own character, like kind of going well, what, how can this character serve the, the, the actual production, not just serve me, um, but how can it actually serve the whole story? Oh, yeah, that's a really nice story. A really nice little behind-the-scenes tidbit. I like that, yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, just as, like, a final question, um, this film and theatre hybrid was made through Western Edge. Could you tell us a little bit more about Western Edge as a whole and why you are so passionate about the local art scene? Yeah, Western Edge is such a wonderful, special organisation. Um, um, I'm actually doing this this um, interview. I've just been in one of our workshops in Footscray and just hanging out with um, our artists who are working there with young people and just I'm constantly reminded of how important it is actually to create safe spaces for young artists um well everywhere right but also um we do it here in the western suburbs of melbourne um it's an organization that's been around for over 20 years um it's a not-for-profit um we work in schools um we kind of create theater productions in schools um that might not have ability um to actually have drama productions we also do sort of in syllabus workshops in schools to help young people um you know sort of access Shakespeare which is just so blah and try and work out how to actually make that relevant we bring rappers in and amazing improvisers and actors and um, in particular our artists are um, all people of color so specifically in the western suburbs they're people that um, young young artists and young people can actually respond to and relate to and um, see themselves reflected in which is really important I think because our industry is so white and I speak as a white woman saying that it's it's very important to me to to be um aware of that and and creating opportunities to change that um so we do the whole schools programs we do the community programs so we also run workshops in community hubs all across the west and they're free and open to anyone aged 14 to right up to 30 uh, and they meet weekly and they put on a, a production at the end of the year and it's a big community event and super fun um, and then we have this professional development program that we've been um, developing over the last few years and that's really because in both the schools and the community programs um, I was noticing that there were artists and young people coming through those. I mean, a lot of people join because they just want to hang out. And so anyone who's listening to this, if you if that is you, come and hang out. Like get on our website, find which one you're interested in. They're on different nights of the week. And absolutely, you do not have to be a professional actor or even have aspirations to be a professional artist. They are a really fun space. We're always eating. We're always making jokes. We do some cool stuff and you just make great friends. Um, but also within those programs, I noticed there were some people in each of them that really did want to be an artist and that there were real barriers in the industry for artists in Melbourne's West, artists of colour, artists who are facing systemic challenges or structural disadvantages to actually having a career. So 
that third part of the company is a, um, a free training program um, where we select artists to kind of train with us for three years. Um, and by the end of it, they have um, a graduation showcase. And we just had that recently with the sub 30. So the sub 30 were our first of these. They had the graduation showcase at the Malthouse Theatre and they all got agents and they're all now, you know, well on their way to having great careers. I mean, Russ Samuel just booked a Disney Plus gig and uh, Michael Longo, who plays Denzel Stallone, just shot a binge series in Sydney and Amarachi Okram, who plays Anjalika, just got nominated for Griffin Theatre's Playwright of the Year and, you know, Lee and Betty L are, are writing in a writer's room at ABC and Yao Dadsi is like performing at festivals. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible um, what what the company has been able to kind of to do, but also I would say it just again and again why I'm passionate about it is shows how much talent is is here, and actually that the industry, which is you know quite inner city centric and quite white, and I say that again as a white woman, um, but you know that that there are so many more artists and so many more stories and so many more. Um, practices and ideas out there then we're all so much richer if we start to dismantle some of these structures and work towards a really equitable really exciting future for the industry so for me that's you know I've been in the company for eight years and um you know started as an artist started as a lead artist and and you know became the artistic director and now I'm the executive director and at all levels my passion was just um to really uh to really just work with these awesome artists and young people, like just work with them and and find out what they want to do, where they want to go and um, and work with them to make it happen. Yeah, it's really amazing to see. And especially like when uh, they actually make it and break it into the industry, because as you said, it is really difficult. And yeah, yeah, that's amazing. It, it is really difficult. And I think the other thing that the company does and does really well is, um, and I think the future of it, in, it it can't just be about as well, I would say, getting us into the industry. It also is about actually showing the industry that we are a community organisation and that community is where it's at. And so, you know, a massive part of it is making sure that, um, you know, we've had lockdown, so it's been tricky, but coming out of lockdown now, the importance of us um, having these weekly safe spaces for people to hang out, but also the importance of having the events um, and the productions, it's not necessarily always about making the best show in the world that's sort of never what I'm interested in it's great if it happens but you know you never know what's going to happen in art sometimes it doesn't the most important about that is actually bringing community to see the shows and um, making sure those shows are all across the west so that we can really decentralize the arts um, sector and make sure that the western suburbs is somewhere that um, people across the city go to see great art but also people in the western suburbs see their young people and their friends and their family members um, doing what they love so um, no matter sort of the superstars we might be creating that they all know that it's it's not just about their individual trajectory it's also about um, always coming back and encouraging other young people to join and, and kind of spreading that message of of, um, of art and creativity and and hope and love you know yeah amazing thank you so much again that's all our questions for today um the retreat is live at 7 p.m on friday the 10th of june at Wyndham cultural center over in werribee for more information and to book your tickets visit westernedge.org.au slash events and of course have a look at their other events and workshops that they have on as well you're listening to arts mitten here on sin and we hope you enjoy the rest of the show